0: Hey everyone, Rohan Gupta and David Fong, Good Life Housing Partners, bringing you another edition of our podcast. And today we were just kind of talking a little bit further, um, some of the things we're seeing in the market, um, how we're, we're actually starting to see some deals get done, what's happening as those deals are going through this, through the offering marketing and sales process and some of the things we're noticing. Um, I think one of the things we've definitely seen is that the nature of this pandemic and some of the things that have come through it is you're, you're seeing a lot of overall dislocation, but in a lot of ways, what's different between now, what's happened to us right now versus like a 2008, eight nine is that this one is really a lot more visible because you just have you know storefronts that are closed businesses restaurants have just not been open for months um, and so you just there's a lot more visible visibility to this this current crisis and you know soon to be recession than what happened in 08 09 where you had you know, gigantic firms like Lehman and Bear Stearns collapse which you know for the average guy those those mean something because they've heard of those names, but they don't, they don't necessarily resonate until, you know, th- suddenly he can't get a loan on his house, or suddenly his house is in foreclosure because he can't. You know, it it takes longer for that cycle to hit. This one's a little bit more immediate because businesses were, you know, for the most part functioning okay in February and even into March, and then suddenly in April most of the country just suddenly shut down. So, likewise, I think a lot of what we're seeing on the apartment in the apartment market is, you have a number of B, A, and even C communities that have fared fairly well through, what I would say is, you know, the early phase of the virus. And, and occupancies have remained fairly high. You've had definitely, um, um, there's been a good portion of bad debt, I think as we speak, spoke about a couple episodes ago. But for the most part, places, apartment communities you have left have been fairly full. Um, David, what are you sort of noticing uh, amongst all this?
1: Well, I think the biggest difference from the last recession and, and sort of this one, um, or not, not a recession as pandemic, is that when the last recession hit, financing markets froze up, but then they started to thaw, and things, people, business started to happen again here. What's really different is because of health and safety reasons the market just completely stopped even in the process itself when you just think about going out to buy new assets um, it it became difficult there needed to be a new playbook because you can't you know it's not as simple as just going to visit people and taking a plane on taking a plane and visiting an asset or even getting inside a unit to check what a unit looks like because of uh, safety concerns and so everything really completely froze in addition to this time around obviously also lender the lending market froze which which uh, had a big impact and then related to that i think things froze also because sellers and buyers were still pretty far apart on price sellers still were expecting pre covid like pricing and buyers you know immediate reaction was hey i'm gonna get a huge discount this is all this distress coming and what you see now is people have gotten accustomed and and we've kind of you know more people are flying now and and you know
0: people are getting a little more comfortable with the
1: whole COVID situation the process has changed
0: yeah i, I think the the process has changed you know but i think that and we, we talked about this on the last episode is that liquidity never really dried up and so the i think a lot of the discounting that happened even in the previous recession it wasn't the The discounting on commercial assets like apartment communities or anything, retail or office, it didn't it mostly didn't happen on a marketed process. Most of the discounting was behind like you know, was done kind of arms length transactions or relationship type transactions. Um, the heavy discounting happened in in the smaller assets like single family homes. Um, this time around, we haven't even really got to that point, and there's still you know we've seen some. A handful of retail type deals where people are selling notes we've seen stuff where um, you know you've, you've had we've seen like a chain of restaurants that, that they're selling the real estate but the operators in trouble we've seen some you know B notes where so it's a mezzanine or a, a second second loan on, on office product things of that nature but we haven't really seen the type of distress either be on the smaller assets like single-family or you know more commercial assets like in our case, apartment communities at all really. The only places we've seen it are, I think maybe at the college levels where some colleges that we know um, are definitely not open for the fall semester, but overall have some overall uh, solvency issues probably going forward. There might be a little bit there where I've seen a few deals that look like those could be challenged. But I think for the most part, like. B apartments, so 1980s or better built apartments, have been extremely solid through this um, whether it be not only on rent collection but also in the sales process. I think those in fact have probably been the most liquid of asset types in that they have been on the market been, you know, a number of trades have happened across the country of those, of those communities um, and I, I don't see that slowing down, do you?
1: No, not at all. I, I think I, I agree with you, the apartment market for the most part and and in the industrial especially on the logistics side and with the huge increase in online shopping and and movement of goods now because of the pandemic that that those two asset classes are have sort of been the bellwethers of this pandemic Um, i I think retail and hotel really is where we've seen some distress as rohan mentioned especially restaurant chains i think the statistic i heard from yelp was you know over 60 percent of the restaurant businesses are going out of business. And it's very, you know, on a personal level sad because some favorite restaurants are going out of business. But, and then hotels have, have obviously been hit because of the lack of travel. Um, you know, there will be some coming back of those assets, especially some hotels, but it will take a while as, as people uh, uh, get more comfortable flying. Um, on the apartment side, as Rohan mentioned, it really hasn't really been impacted as, as heavily. Student housing, you know, definitely at some universities which have smaller uh, student enrollments and then you add to the fact that if campuses are closed and some people, the students are not coming to that campus um, to live in the neighboring areas. And so some of those uh, markets where there's a lot of supply of student housing, I think, you know, some of those, we've seen some of those properties come to market, uh, but well-located properties at very strong universities. Um, USC is an example, which is where we have a large portion of our portfolio Um, you know, we've had very little um,
0: vacancy. Even with the fully online fall semester. Correct. And in a city that's still somewhat considered a hotspot. I think the other thing you're gonna see on the university side is, is where you have universities that probably are in smaller cities, but the student experience isn't great. Like, you're not, you know, you're not really there Maybe it's a, typically is more expensive schools that don't have the greatest of student experiences. I could see those really struggle um, as you as you know the year goes on as you get to into twenty twenty one and future years where you know they're gonna have real problems um, and, and you know, I think that's they you have to have a robust in person student experience um, and whatever that center rounds as David mentioned USC that's. a private school it's in the heart of Los Angeles it has you know it's historically had very good sports programs a lot of camaraderie uh, a strong network a number of things that attracts young people to the school there are schools especially in the midwest or northeast where smaller schools they just don't have a lot of these things um I, i was hearing of a school called sarah lawrence in upstate new york that you know expensive school not a great in-person in experience you know not a lot of post post-college engagement and uh i think you know they're talking about it will have some solvency issues in another year or so just because yeah. it will dry up and it you know it's not going to get the same international interests because student visas dry up or people have less interest in coming yeah um, another
1: example are... of one of our assets to it you using usc again uh, because i think it's location in los angeles I mean, we, we have one property where we're still 100% leased for this fall semester, even though as Ron indicated, the campus is now, originally they were planning to be 20% open, but now they are completely 100% uh, closed. Uh, we still have, stu- we have three students who are still actually keeping their leases even though they um, are not traveling here. And part of it is because they wanna keep it in case you know things change in the spring. And also because if uh, conditions change, even though the campus might be closed, they want to live. Uh, by by USC and be here in LA, because uh, because us being a big urban center, and as Rowan mentioned, you know schools like Sarah Lawrence and other smaller schools and more remote college towns, uh, without a sort of vibrant local community, too, uh, we'll will be will have a lot more stress struggle. Yeah. Um,
0: all right, David. Well, that's I think a pretty good summary of what we're seeing in the markets. I was gonna do a little different segment here on kind of what. A number of the week so uh, my number this week is 97 and 97 is the number of seconds the intro to the original Sopranos is and so during this pandemic one of the things I uh, I decided to do was start watching the Sopranos um, from the first season and seeing uh, Tony Soprano and and uh, the rest of the gang has been it was really interesting but I noticed that you know as I was watching that the intro just takes forever and it's like you know as and one day i timed it and actually it's 97 seconds to go from like the start of the episode to actually tony doing something and it's remarkable because like i don't think there's any intro that is starts today not even movie intros that last 97 seconds so it's like just 20 years ago that was a perfectly fine way to start every single episode and people would gather on tv to watch the that long of an intro and it's tells you how short and how quickly we want some, you know, we want the actual, in, you know, the actual value or the actual content. So 97 or 1 minute and 37 seconds to start the originals, first few seasons of Sopranos, those introductions. David, do you have a number?
1: I don't have a number. I have a range, which is 3% to 10%, which is what, uh, we've been seeing in re- from research firms is sort of the, the price uh, reduction that sellers of apartments nationally in the United States um, are having to reduce their their properties.
0: Fair. All right, guys. Uh, well, this is another episode by the team here at Good Life. We'll keep them coming. Please uh, subscribe to us on any of your podcast apps. And if you get a chance, leave a comment or a question or suggestion. Love to hear any of it. And thank you again for joining. Thanks, everyone. Be safe.